Cool. All right. Okay. So we are here at uh, Holt International Business School in Old Greatest with uh, Lars. I always forget your name. <laughs> Sturset. Sturset. Okay. We are here with Lars, Lars Sturset. Um, he's a serial entrepreneur. He's also studying finance. He's running three businesses. And what is really interesting is how I'm, I'm really curious to know how he manages to do all of this. Uh, also because I'm pretty sure that every entrepreneur in, uh, in whatever is the, the stage where they are, they always have this, uh, uh, this many ideas that they want to bring to reality. And so I see you that uh, you're also studying like I'm studying, and, uh, but you also have three businesses plus other projects. So how did it start? Like uh, maybe yeah. give us a little bit of introduction of your uh, business. Um, my journey. Your sure. entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you the full spiel. Um, it's, it's, really, um, it's pretty interesting. I, I think for me it started um, probably when I was living in Copenhagen in 2016 and 17. Okay. Um, so I was living with uh, another finance student at the time I wasn't studying, um, and um, Copenhagen is really sort of the, I guess it's sort of the, the startup area of Scandinavia. Okay. So there's a lot of startups uh, going on um, in, in Copenhagen, in Denmark. Um, so we were surrounded by a lot of our friends who were starting companies, they were doing fundraising, they were doing Kickstarters, having some cool products, all that stuff. Okay. Sort of. Uh, so you had this influence from uh, from other people surrounding you. Yeah. Uh, so that was sort of my first thing. I started to tr well, I tried to start a company doing some workout clothes that okay. were like water resistant or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it failed. Um, which is fine. Um, then I moved back home and I did some some work in marketing, um, and I got approached. I, I literally out of. Out of the blue sky, some guy messaged me on LinkedIn, just mm. saying, "Hey, I have this cool idea. Um, do you want to hear about it?" And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Sure, <laughs> that's me." Right. Um, so then it was that, your body. No, that was Cognition Force. That, that was, was the first Force. venture I started with, uh, with uh, well, with two other people initially, mm. uh, um, um, husband and wife, and then we, our CEO, also became sort of part of the founding team. Right. Um, well, were you were you like publishing content? How did you? Um, connected with this person who ultimately like contacted you uh, no it's seriously just through LinkedIn he just sent me a message out of the okay. out of nowhere out, okay. out of the blue on LinkedIn and we met we had a coffee he told me about this thing he'd been doing he'd been mm -hmm. running um, some escape rooms and now he had an idea of how to sort of uh, bring it out of uh, out of well make some value out yeah. of it uh, yeah, yeah. a different type of value professional value so tell us a little bit more about the cognition forge which is this very first business that uh, that is uh, now launched uh, yeah. or tell us a little bit more about that <clears throat> so so what we actually what we spent the first um, so we started it almost two years ago now okay. um, and uh, what we did for the first year and a half was only developing our product um, so the first product we have is it's called applied applied team optimization, mm -hmm. um, and what it is, it's more of a um, it's more of a process you can run for your teams or for your departments in your company. Okay. Um, to um, what we actually do, we use a lot of simulation and we use some psychological data and psychometrics okay. um, to build a multi-dimensional schematic, a blueprint okay. of your team. Um, so it helps you understand the people you're working with better. So like uh, the way I imagine it is a framework of uh, people 
that are that you are able to see how interact with each other and yes. the work environment. Exactly, exactly, okay. uh, and that gives you very valuable insight because now, for example, if you have collaborative projects, you know which people to put together for them to work effectively to um, on the project. You right. know what people not to put next to each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know what people you need to hire uh, mm -hmm. to make your team more uh, productive. You know potentially who you need to fire to make it work better as well. Um, so sort of an all-around thing for your teams. Very interesting. So this performance-based work on uh, in, the, in the work environment in the... So where did you uh, pilot already? You tested it and... Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we've run, you know, maybe almost at least 10 pilots, mm -hmm. I'd say, on different teams. Um, not using the entire process uh, as a whole because it's quite complex and takes a lot of time, but th the individual parts of the process. Okay. So, for example, the different simulations we've tried multiple times, uh, even here at uh, at Holt, right. um, to to show uh, or even to see for ourselves um, how much value we can get from a small part of it, uh, and then piecing all those parts together to make something uh, even better. Very cool, very cool. So you use, uh, I guess you use questionnaires to understand the, the, um, the biases of the, the person or the worker? Uh, yeah, yes, we use a, actually we use a personality test. Um, okay. So the, the NEO uh, personality index, the NEO mm -hmm. pi, um, that's what we use sort of the very early, the first tool we apply is the personality test that gives us a rough outline of the makeup of the team. And uh, then we combine it with these um, simulations um, which are sort of uh, gamified um, tasks okay. um, that are specifically engineered together with our two um, Together data and understand more about the person and, uh, and how it can perform better in the, in, the, in the workplace. Very interesting, very interesting. So now I'm curious to know how is the, the connection with the, this first startup to, to the rest, like, uh, and, sure. and yeah. your personal insights yeah. in uh, uh, launching it and running it. Sure. Um, you know, so, so after, after we, we started this company, uh, Cognition Forge, uh, that sort of put me down the rabbit hole of entrepreneurship. Um, so it was, was never enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to do more. Um, really got sort of... Um, Motivated, inspired. Yeah, exactly. And, and really got um, you know, consumed with this type of uh, entrepreneurial mindset or, or lifestyle where you're yeah. always just trying to be creative. I know you read things. a lot. Yes. Yeah. So did it help you like uh, along that uh, that process? Did you start it before or? Uh... No, I didn't actually. Um, that was just recently. But what I always have been doing is that I read a lot of articles, um, okay. and I try to uh, go to a lot of events, uh, stuff like that, always to stay at the at the forefront of of the industries. Um, but how I got into the other things, just to circle back. Um, so after we started this first company, then you know again people notice that you're doing your own thing, starting companies, so people, your friends who have ideas as well, course, they come to you to yeah. talk to you about something. So that's what happened before we started the next company, uh, Ubody, um, was that two of my friends, one of whom I had worked with previously, um, approached me, they were telling me, okay, we have this really cool idea, we wanna hear what you think about it, so they tell me about this idea. And it's a digital marketplace for fitness and wellness services, mm -hmm. so, you know, like personal trainers, uh, massage therapists, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was just thinking when they were telling it to me, because they were just looking for some advice, but I was just thinking, whoa. I want to do this as well. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so you you entered in the in the scene. Yeah. 
so that's uh, you know that's how the, the second project started so they wanted to uh, have some help on how to run it and everything so it came in there which you already had the experience because you failed one business and you launched another one yeah so you were already in the in the industry you already were in the in the right place to, to give a hand to them but at the same time to kickstart uh, another another venture yourself exactly uh, and you know that's that's one of the things I, I found and, and I think this uh, sort of answer is part of the question you asked me in the beginning as well like how can you manage with all these different things is yeah. that um, the thing I'm probably the best at is building uh, building teams and mm -hmm. finding the right people to help you know drive projects yeah so obviously I'm I'm not a psychologist so I can't be making stuff uh, <laughs> psychometrics and using like personality analysis though I have no idea how that stuff works it's very complex I obviously try to read um, but I'm not an app developer so I can't be making a digital marketplace for people alone uh, but I am uh, quite good at finding uh, the people who can do that uh, and doing things in sort of um, a bootstrap manner, I guess you could say. So okay. uh, some some hustle, if you want to use a yeah. fancy buzzword. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, uh, that's more <laughs> used uh, in America. They use it a lot, like hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> exactly. But, but probably this is the real meaning of hustle, like uh, keep working towards something uh, and maybe being that magnet like you were uh, attracting talents and people who who have the same driven that that mm -hmm. have this passion that has yeah. have this uh, this hungry to to do more and, and do better so how did you the were you this uh, uh magnetic science all the time or you you did something you shifted your mindset what do you think that is the most crucial feature of your personality or of your attitude that uh, that really helps you be that uh, attractive to talents and uh, and building teams it, it's pretty funny because i'm i'm quite sociable uh but i'm an introvert okay. <laughs> i had to train myself to become an extrovert and i think it started when i was doing working in sales uh, back in norway many many years ago um and also it, i think it's part of you know some people are natural leaders that people look up to um and having all the, all i think all the experiences i had uh, doing you know working in corporate um for six years before you know finally trying to do a project on my own uh has helped me um being a sales manager helped me a lot because i was able to um transform the way I speak to people and when you when you're able to talk clearly and concisely um, and to sell a vision because mm -hmm. that's effectively what you're doing when you're managing sales teams that you're selling a vision of, of how the day is going to look at the end of the day after they've sold all their stuff because right? that that is the sustainable motivation they have into the day-to-day -day operations mm. where they have to basically be know that uh, they are working toward uh, a final final vision or final mm. end where where mm. then it starts something else so they need to have the idea in mm. the, in their heart not just in their head exactly so that's that's what you did thanks to your power speaking if we want to say and uh, sure. and all the well this uh, I'm pretty sure that marketing helped you anyways in this because like uh, marketers have need this uh, ability to communicate ideas and uh, and concepts and to be viral in terms of uh, of um, quality and uh, and also speed. Mm. So you think that marketing helped you like in this? Yeah, I mean, marketing and advertising is basically about selling a vision as well. 
and that's what you know sales management was for me and being able to do those two things over a long period of time and also you know working on the floor all these things um, make you a better salesperson I guess you could say and that's effectively what I've been doing when I've been building teams is that I'm selling the vision of our company or the, of the idea of the startup um, to a bunch of people, um, investors or employees or, you know, uh, yeah, investors or other companies. There's different stages, like you obviously like have to, to sell it to to investors maybe ultimately, but first to, to the, the people around you that can help you and, uh, and make the project uh, real. Exactly. But I guess the, the, there are quite differences between selling it to, to the employees or the, the team or, and, uh, and to sell it to investors or venture capitalists. Yep. So, so what do you think is the, the, the main difference between the two, like what they need to hear or uh, what is the, the way to approach them, mm. to approach the, the conversation? Um, I think, I, I think I'm, I'm still learning every day mm. how to do this effectively. But we uh, all do. We, I, we, I have learning a is a long, <laughs> yeah, long, time, exactly. long yeah. lifetime uh, process. I have so much to learn when it comes to speaking to institutional investors or even private investors, uh, how to put things. But I think um, with people, um, your, you know, your future employees or your future business partners, um, it's all about selling the idea and what it's worth five years from now when you've made 50 billion. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And um, that's, that's what you're sort the of long selling. Term, the long term, uh, the long term image yeah. of, uh, of what's going to be the outcome. So that, uh, that can give them like this, this dream, like, yeah. uh, this, cause you, need to, dream. you yeah. need to fuel their blood with the same gasoline that's in your blood. Wow, because like that. you are waking up every day, you're like, oh my God, my idea is the best in the world. Yeah, of <laughs> And course. you meet some new people and you're telling them that you have the best idea in the world and you're selling that image to them. Um, you're not selling them the weekdays when you're working 16 hours a day and you're arguing and fighting and everything sucks and you're just this close to giving up. That's not what you're selling them when you're trying to get them on board. You're selling them the beautiful green grass on the other side of the fence, right? Right. Um, then it's up to them to to jump and yes. uh, and jump it every day. Exactly. Exactly. But now, like, uh, I have um, a question like arises. So, like, practically, um, when you launched your first business and maybe your second one as well, like, people somehow connect uh, were already connected to you or they connected to you. Mm -hmm. But did you um, like practically? How did you find the right team and? Uh, you were mentioning that uh, a couple of days ago, uh, you were in a hiring process. Mm. So how do you find like the um, the right people, like practically? Yeah, um, it's a it's a numbers game, to be honest. Um, I mean, you'll have to to find the right. Um, say if you're looking, and I find that a lot of people are always looking for tech people mm. to help them build their apps or you know whatever. Or you need some sales guy or you know anything. Um, it's all about connecting to a lot of people. You can do it posting free jobs. You can pay three pounds per day and post an ad on LinkedIn. You can use Indeed. I'm using Indeed right now for some mm -hmm. hiring. Um, all these things. And it takes some people skills because you have to filter out the bullshitters. And excuse my language, but you have to no. filter out the bullshitters who are just um, saying what they think you want to hear. Okay. Uh, another way to do this, and then I found that it was very effective, was to be very honest and upfront that mm -hmm. we're not paying a salary. Of course. We're not paying anything. Like transparency. Yeah. If you're doing, if you do well, we might give you equity. 
that's our pitch to the people. And if people are still around after you've said that, then you can talk to them and have a serious conversation. So, and then you obviously it depends on how well you can sell it and how good you are at negotiating. So maybe you heard like in uh, in some of the breakfasts with entrepreneurs that uh, I was uh, I was working in a in a kind of um, uh, environment similar yeah. to this. And uh, and one thing that at the end stopped was that uh, that we had different visions about mm. uh, about the work the and the outcome, but as well as like um, do you do you actually uh, um, contract them to have equity or they uh, they have this trust in you because you show them this transparency upfront. Um, we've done it in a few different ways actually. Um, we sometimes we've given uh, a stock option with mm. you know um, with some rules attached to it okay. so for example we set some goals uh, like mutual goals um, mm. figure out what's reasonable or we say that okay uh, for example for a developer once the platform is launched so once the work is done if you've done this and this and depending on how well you've been working and your performance then you can get either this much equity or you get this much equity, depending on your performance, right? Okay. Uh, in other scenarios, we start off on a contract with no um, option and then, you know, we see how much dedication we get from the person. Uh, this is something we did with uh, with our marketing manager for, for you, buddy, is that uh, he, you know, he always did way more than was asked. Okay. And then, you know, at the end of everything... He was promoted. We were, yeah, we promoted you've noticed the... He, he started as an intern and then he made it to marketing manager and then he made, you know, he went and he got some equity in the company as well because now it's as much his vision as, mm. I mean, he wants it just as much as we do. Um, so, so I guess this is some the, different types the best of, scenario of a, of a collaboration, of an early collaboration. Yeah. Exactly, and and to be honest with you, I mean, we have not made um, a lot of wrong hires. I, maybe like one or two people that we hired, and it was like, okay, they can't help us that much or as much as we thought. Uh, but then you know, we're always trying to be a, a communicative and be upfront. Um, so do you use any any tool like uh, Trello maybe to communicate and check up with the results and the. Yeah, so, so we use, um, <clears throat> one of the first people we found uh, to hire was the guy who's our CTO uh, in Ubody. Um, mm -hmm. And he's been an integral part of, of everything since the beginning. And, you know, we have a very trusting relationship on both sides. Mm -hmm. um, so we use him to help us uh, evaluate the other developers um, because he obviously has a lot of experience and knows what's reasonable, what's not reasonable. All so these you, things. you kind of uh, delegated, I mean, the entire process is about delegation. Mm. Um, so, so this was like a, a proven method somehow that, uh, that delegating someone else who has experience and, uh, and already know how to maybe talk and interact with, yeah. uh, with other uh, tech-related uh, uh, employees. Exactly, because I have no idea how to talk to a developer about the work. I don't, I don't even know what a snippet is, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, like, use, we, use, we all have different, like, we have different uh, vocabularies. Like, exactly. Uh, uh, and that's an interesting word you bring up as well with delegation. I think that's sort of the, the crux of my entire existence is <laughs> the art of delegation, if you can call it the that. The art of delegation. I mean, it's a, I think it's for any businessman and entrepreneur, it's like the, the very like idealistic uh, point when you're able to master the art of delegation because it means that you have the, the idea, you have the vision, and so you keep spreading the work and, uh, and the workflow becomes 
just just as natural as possible so yeah. you are able to to continue building network uh, networking yeah. or like raising funds and so that it creates this uh, this organic machine that yeah. uh, that at the end works uh, works well because you are at the center of the of the of the venture yeah exactly and i the first i think the first step of you know to be a, the first step to do or if you want to be good at delegating the first mm -hmm. thing you have to do is you have to give up micromanaging you have to stop looking over people's shoulders you have to start trusting the people you hire um, or the people you collaborate with uh, mm -hmm. if you can't trust them why did you hire them if you hire someone to look over their shoulder and tell them that they're doing it wrong why do you have them there you're just wasting everybody's time um, so you have to stop micromanaging you have to as I said, you have to find the right people. Um, that's a bit abstract because it really takes some... It depends on the kind yeah. of venture, obviously. Yeah. It depends it, on the people. It, obviously, it takes, it takes a lot of... Uh, you have to be like a people person as well. Um, mm. You have to you know, be able to listen to, have to this see... Empathy. Is this a guy who wants to do this because he thinks it would be cool to just be here? And mm. do you see add value? Is this someone who understands the vision? Is this a, is this a driven person? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to check all these things yourself and be very, you know, very meticulous when you're doing that. But once they're on board, then they're on board. Now you have to let them go. You have to let them loose. But you know, like, um, it all makes sense. I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, at the beginning you said that uh, you're a kind of introvert. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, I am a kind of introvert as well. But I realized that uh, introverts, at the end, they are the ones able to communicate and uh, and have this natural empathy with mm. people and that's probably because like being an introvert somehow you you become self-aware of your own thoughts of your emotional reactions so you're able to mirror them in in other people and so understand them and that that's probably what helps you like uh, move the lines and uh, and um, influence them in the the way you think it should the, yeah. the process should go yeah i'd never thought of it like that and i think um, i think that's a very good way of putting it um because mm. there's something about and i, I don't know let's not get too uh, icky icky here yeah. with like <laughs> with the crazy theories but there's something you, you can uh, when you talk to people you can feel something uh in them right so you, mm. you sort of you have this intuition that you know Okay, this guy is... Yeah, intuition. Or, yeah. Intuition, I think it's the, the right word to yeah. use here. So you have to trust your intuition when you're, when you're talking to people. Um, I'd say. I'd say. That's so, so I'd far, let, let's recap a little <laughs> bit. So, like, uh, the, the best way is, like, we found that delegation is, uh, uh, at the end, the, the right term to describe what is the real art of, uh, of building teams and... Yeah. Uh, and um, and creating companies that uh, that are self-driven, if you mm. would say, and so and the importance of uh, of influencing them with um, and in giving them this daily motivation through the final image, through mm. the the vision of the of the company, and uh, and ultimately trusting them and then giving them uh, um, a, a trust a trust boost, so that uh, they are able to. To see the the transparency at the up front when you say uh, that they are working for free either or with a compensation plan, yeah. and so all of this wrapped up in with the right strategy and uh, and maybe some uh, uh, some luck as well and yeah. intuition will uh, ultimately uh, create this um, this best scenario of uh, of entrepreneurship. Sure. I think you could say that. Um, so, you know, uh, as sort of a recap, as you're saying, uh, just find people you can trust, let them go, 
so not 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 fire them, but mm-hmm. let them go. Let them do, like give them freedom to grow, mm-hmm. give them freedom to experiment. And um, time, I guess. Yeah, and time as well. Um, be, you know, talk to them. You know, it's a two-way conversation. It should be a conversation, a dialogue, um, not a monologue. When you're talking to them, you have to ask what they want, what their aspirations are. If they're working for you for free, they obviously believe in it. So you have to allow them the space um, to be able to rise with the company as the company grows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, never pay, no, never give, never be too greedy uh, either, because. What do you mean by that? For example, with the equity. Never be too greedy because um, until you have money in the bank, you are worth zero. Your company is worth zero until it has money coming in. I remember a, a line like it's better having 10% of, uh, of a million... Uh, than 100% of nothing. Than 100% of nothing. So, exactly. So definitely, yes. Um, because otherwise you're going to create animosity and people feel like they're being ripped off and that they're trading their time for nothing at all mm-hmm. and they're not getting anything in return. So being able to listen to what's happening out there is important. But you know, step number one really is just to take some risk because if you never take a risk, you're never going to end up in the position where you where you have a venture. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I believe in uh, in uh, in this particular like. Uh, I mean, I like the 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 way that entrepreneurs and businessmen take risks. I mean, mm. to be able to be in that uh, percentage of, uh, of people that owns, uh, apart from the, um, the money or the status, but that really uh, are able to, to live the life they want, mm. it's because they do what the rest are not, they are afraid of doing. Yeah. So they take risks, they have this courage of, of trying and failing. I mean, at the end, we all fail in something and the, the most important I believe that the only failure at the end is if you are not learning from that mistake yeah. of that challenge so so yeah like uh, I mean I could spill out a thousand quotes on, uh, <laughs> on why you need to be failing uh, but uh, one of the best ones is um, everything you ever wanted lies on the other side of fear on, on the fear yeah, yeah, yeah I'm very really that about sums it up so, you know, take some chances. If people message you on LinkedIn asking for a coffee and to share an idea with you, go, go for it. Coffee. Go for it. And also, like, uh, ask people, like, message people. Don't, don't just wait for the, for, the, for the message, but yeah. message people and, uh, and make that call. Like, um, one story that I can tell about, uh, uh, like, taking risk, I think that which actually is related somehow, like, um, um, with fear. Yeah. Like uh, having the fear of calling someone or of being judged or uh, like uh, letting the world know that you want to, to do a certain kind of company. Like I realized that uh, when I have the fear of doing something, mm. it means that uh, it's like it's going to be like the, the game changer. It's going to be like that, uh, that move that is going to give me the result I need. So the last time uh, I basically uh, had to call a person to uh, to make a meeting uh, with him, like uh, well, it's it's a manager of a of a company, and uh, the point was that I was I was like in a coffee shop, like with the phone in my hand, saying, "Do I really have to call him?" Like, "No, okay, I'll call him." And then I realized that my my fourth partner and saying, "Oh, but I'm fear I'm actually fearing of calling this person." So I just pressed and called, and suddenly I had a meeting booked, and everything went fine from there. So the point is this, like when you feel the fear and do it anyways, yeah, yeah. because that's, uh, that's, basically, that's basically it. Yeah, well, I, we're, we're giving so much power to our fears because our fears are just 
all of them are irrational. I mean, unless you're standing on the edge of a building and you're afraid of falling down, that's that's okay. You should be afraid. So but, if you don't risk, uh, if you don't risk like uh, like your life, like just go for it. Your life and uh, and your uh, your security, obviously. Actually, you should risk your life sometimes <laughs> as well. Well, I don't agree with that entirely, <laughs> but it depends. It depends. Obviously. Don't sue me. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you very much Thank for having, having me here. You shared a lot of uh, good content. I think that uh, that a lot of people. I hope that a lot of people are going to benefit from this, and I'm sure they will. So thank you very much, Lars. Thank you very much, Johnny. And as a final remark before we go, I guess I could just say, if you have an idea, just do it. It's so easy to start a company in 2019. It takes six hours and costs you ten pounds. It's the so best time in the in the entire history to be to be an entrepreneur. Business. But you, you need to have the, the right skills to do that. Exactly. But that's why they listen to Let, Let's Tell Joe. So now they, they have more. Thank you very much again. Thank you. You can... Yeah.